Welcome to God Awful Gaming, where the worst talk about the best. I'm one of your hosts, Sabine. I'm Zach. Hey. And we're going to talk about the Overwatch League today. Uh, this is our new podcast where we're going to be talking about a lot of esports, but really focused on Overwatch League right now. Um, and so we're just going to sort of jump into it, talk about what we're seeing going on in the in the league right now, talk about hero pools, what's going on with the regions, um, and uh, a little bit more later on. But we were going to talk about hero pools. Um, so for those who don't know, this season uh, or this tournament of the Overwatch League, uh, they've removed the four... June the June tournament. Uh, they've removed four heroes as normal. They've removed Reinhardt, Sombra, Tracer, and Zenyatta from the hero pool, uh, which is very interesting uh, considering we saw a lot of play from those characters in the last, uh, the May Melee tournament. Uh, Zach, what are your thoughts about this hero pools and how it sort of affected the meta? I I originally uh, didn't expect the the massive amount of Arisa Diva from the first week, uh, which I think was used to great success by like the Atlanta Rain, uh, and I'm mostly just the Atlanta Rain. I think somewhat <laughs> the Los Angeles Gladiators used it pretty decently, uh, but I think I, I think they're I, I think there's deeper issues with the team, so I don't want to just specifically say there's an issue with Muse and Space specifically. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I do think that there is a bit of Muse communication between the tanks that mm -hmm. does affect the play of the Los Angeles Gladiators. But I, I do think there is an issue with the team in general. Um, I, I personally thought Double Shield was just going to be the meta from, like, just day one. Yeah. Uh, I... I, I think that's slowly starting to have that effect. I think there is slowly, especially I think this last this last weekend uh, with the San Francisco Shock and Dallas Fuel, where they were either running Double Shield or they were running like uh, Winston Winston Diva Dive. Mm -hmm. I, I, it, it sometimes switching up the support line. It's not. It wouldn't necessarily be like I, I would say like rush dive and then defensive dive. I think there is a difference. Or like a slower dive. Uh, yeah. Uh, a methodical dive, like, almost. We, like, when they switched to Mercy Ana. Um, yeah. Like, especially on, like, uh, Eichenwald. Or Eichenwald, as Zoe properly <laughs> says it. Uh, I, I slowly want to make that my, my new thing. Um, Eichenwald. Eichenwald. But I, like, you did see the, their plan, I think, on... Eichenwald was originally, I think, double shield, but then they had to like revert into, or they wanted to be a little more methodical, but then mm -hmm. the Dallas field was so fast paced because they were keeping so up with aggressive. The Lucio, yeah. yeah, the Lucio Mora, which then mm -hmm. caused Violet to play Lucio, <laughs> which I not I something Violet. we're used to. <laughs> I, I love him to death, but that was painful, uh, to say the least. Yeah, and I think, I, I think it's just. I think in general, it the hero pool ruined all Sigma comps, which I think were particularly interesting to see, but I, they weren't really being played in the main melee. Mm -hmm. um, and so I I think they're they're affecting double shield as like the I think the best meta I think if Zenyatta, but I think at the same time, if Zenyatta was still in the pool, double shield wouldn't be a thing because ball Sigma would then overtake that meta. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think it's interesting you you brought up the whole sort of methodical support line that you know they they've been running with that sort of double shield and I think not only are they doing that uh that mercy just because it it works well um with the double shield I also think just the the dominance of echo in the in this meta like doesn't matter if you're playing double shield doesn't matter if you're playing like anything else like double like echo has been a pretty pretty staple uh hero for everyone and i think having that mercy pocket you've seen where teams don't have it their echo suffers uh heavily if they're not running a mercy i mean you've seen the outlaws running jake on on mercy because that's how bad they need that echo or that echo pocket for dante and i just think that's been a really interesting sort of you have you haven't seen mercy played to the same degree in the league for a while um so i think mercy's been an interesting addition um but you also brought up the the more <laughs> the more lucio support line and i i saw this tweet that was like oh um you know the the meme format of oh we have this at home and it's like oh can we have goats um and it's like no we have goats at home and it was just uh the san francisco shock on busan <laughs> With their, like, the Lucio and the Moira and the double shield. It was just so, so chaotic and so insane. Um, so Hero Pools has been interesting. I'm interested to see how, as we, like, progress further into this tournament, we actually see a lot of uh, flexibility. I'm interested to see if any team continues to run dive or they all sort of move over to that double shield. I, I, I mean, talking about the Mercy, I do think... I mean, you did actually mention specifically Dante. Mm -hmm. uh, Dante did mention that hero pools mixed with the diva, the diva buff with the remix mm -hmm. actually was an unintentional buff to Echo because yeah. now everyone just copies Echo. You can't really shoot a baby diva Echo because then you just get an Echo with full abilities <laughs> right in your face. It's true. And so then if but then if that baby diva Echo remix that can also kill you. So what are you going to do about it? <laughs> I mean, I, I I keep going. I'm obviously a San Francisco Shock fan, so I'm going to keep talking about them. Of course. Uh, but the the Shock uh, the Shock fuel game on Temple of Anubis, where I think there was six Diva bombs in one point five. <laughs> uh, and I think Violet, I'm Violet died actually at the end beat. Just I think he was he just zoned out which Diva bomb was the fuels or which ones was the Shock. Yeah. And. I, I think I, I don't know if I like how they buffed Echo and then kind of added like they added this hero pool that literally specifically promotes Echo play mm -hmm. um, which I, I, arguably I will say I do think Double Shield Ash could potentially beat Echo yeah. in certain situations but I, I think in a lot of situations Winston Winston kind of almost necessitates an echo and so then they have the echo. Yeah. I I think it's been really interesting because the echo just has so much utility when it comes to like her focusing beam just destroys like oh we were, I don't remember which game it was. Um it might it might have been the Atlanta Reigns game. Um and they just got, like, there was this one team fight where 
I, I'm not I'm fuzzing on the details at the moment, but just the team got obliterated by that focusing beam. And when you're running something like double shield, it's even worse because those shields get knocked down quickly and then you just have an echo come in and swoop in. I think it's actually like probably one of the best counters to a double shield comp is the fact that echo can just destroy those shields in a matter of seconds. Um, so I think, I think echo's addition. I also think it's interesting to mention that echo actually got a nerf in this, like in the, uh, the patch that they're playing on. Um, because she, when she was taken out of duplicate form, she wasn't returning back to full health anymore. So even with that nerf, she's still like probably the top picked DPS of this. So um, if they do hero pools for the next tournament, uh, she's definitely gone. I don't think you could. I, I would put good money on Echo being removed from the from the uh, hero pool next time. Um, and do you have anything else you want to say on hero pools? I, I will say I think the Echo nerf wasn't enough at the top level mm -hmm. and i i think we can we can discuss it in another episode but i think especially this echo change really shows that there should potentially be a different meta for the overwatch league compared to the average like the average player um you know in in quick play and in, in even in lower and competitive <laughs> echo is not this oppressive dps hero no uh but in the overwatch league it does seem to be when you have players like Fluto, when you have players like Dante, um, <laughs> even to an extent like Nero. I mean, Nero had a couple three Ks uh, in yeah. this past weekend. Uh, I, I think Echo can be quite an oppressive hero, almost like almost like Sigma was. I think last season, yeah, uh, when a lot of people were saying how overpowered Sigma was, um, and and I think that there was a double shield issue, but I don't think it was the shields. I think it was the ability to get around the shields. And so yeah. I, I do like, I even as a tank player, I did like the change to the pullback and redeploy time for Sigma. Yeah, uh, I agree. It, as I do, as I do think that it it forces Sigma players to be a little smarter. But then lowering his shield even more, it just basically makes it a toy thing. I think it's the same level as uh as as Winston's, and, but <laughs> Winston at least can get away. Yeah. While Sigma, you kind of like. You kind of have to hope your accretions either off cooldown to like knock an opponent away, or uh, I just call it the suck. But I hope you know you you hope you you hope you have the suck on cooldown. Um, <laughs> and if, if you don't have the suck or an accretion on cooldown, you're just kind of you're just gonna get cc'd and get killed. Uh, totally. But I, I do think I do think Echo is in a discussion for the most oppressive hero right now. But I think I, I think we've slowly seen teams get around it. Uh, there was a oh, couple yeah. times where like there's no hit scans whatsoever yet they still were able to deal with the echo uh, so I think I, I think they're slowly figuring it out yeah um I have one more thing on hero pools and then we'll move on um just because you mentioned you know dealing with that echo without a hit scan which is obviously something that Dallas has had to sort of figure out for themselves uh, just with the fact that they haven't had a hit scan, you know, Pine is coming in at some point, but he's still in Korea. They're trying to get it, the visas worked out. Um, and so something that uh, we've seen, I think more in APAC, but also Dallas Fuel has been running a little bit, is that sort of Arissa Diva, which I think is 
a weird comp in general. Um, but we've seen a little bit more of that uh, to deal with the Echo as well, just because the Diva can sort of contest the the, the skies a bit. Um, so I think, I think hero pools are an interesting spot and using that as a sort of transition, we've talked a lot about, um, you know, the, the Western region and what the sort of North American teams are doing. Um, but I want to talk about both regions and sort of take a critical eye. Um, uh, let's start with the East. I haven't watched all of the APAC games. I'll be, uh, upfront. I've tried my best to watch as many of them. Uh, but as Zach and I are both on the West coast. It's not the greatest timing for us, uh, but I did try and get as many games done uh, in the last few days. Um, so, Zach, what are, you, what are you seeing sort of coming out of the, the Eastern region with those teams? I think the most interesting aspect was the first weekend, as, in, as last week. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a, a very concrete meta in regards to the tank line. There, it was almost completely Winston Diva. At least mm -hmm. in the games I watched there, I think I missed one or two. Uh, but at the same time, that was also the weekend of, like, upsets. That was yeah. the weekend where the Shanghai Dragons got 3-0'd by the Chengdu Hunters. Uh, <gasps> and Philadelphia Fusion got swept. And Rip my pickums. <laughs> pick everyone's pickums were sadly ruined that week. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think... I, I don't... I Honestly, I don't think it was because of the Winston Diva. I think it was because of the way... A lot of teams decided to play maps i think they decided to play it similar to where oh we're gonna keep playing it like there's a tracer like let's have echo be tracer mm -hmm. and i think and I, I think there was just not enough time to really make that synergy between winston and echo work yeah um especially with the fact that like a, a diva can definitely defense matrix the sticky bombs uh and also just most of what echo can put out Mm -hmm. And so I think without Tracer, Winston was a little weaker the first week. However, I do think this pack past this past uh, few games have shown Winston's definitely. I think Winston's still in contention to be the number one main tank. I don't really think we'll see another off tank meta. I, I know the Soul Dynasty tried to run Roadhouse <laughs> last weekend. However, it took gesture. I that think game is so weird. Four minutes and thirty-five seconds just to get a whole hog, and oh, I Lord. don't really think that's necessary. I, you can't have that in the Overwatch League, and you might be able to win that in a quick play in bronze. Mm -hmm. But if you're literally taking that long, you are not the issue in that game. Uh, and I think, I, I, I my actually, I, I do think there is an interesting thing that I no longer think. The Los Angeles Valiant are the worst team in the Overwatch League, but I they are very, very weak compared to their APAC teams. Yeah, I think when you have a region that is so, like, has so many notable players mm -hmm. in one condensed region, like, North America's got a lot of good players, but, like, I think because you don't have as many teams in the west in the eastern region you get these like god like they're they're gods when it comes to like you know fleta like thinking about lip thinking about um you know what philly's brought to the table like toby's been pretty good like i know philly hasn't looked great um <laughs> this past little bit um i still have a lot of faith in in the philadelphia fusion for the the eastern region I think especially when they finally get their, their players who are playing in EU contenders at the moment, I think they're going to be 
very easily the top team in the in the eastern region but i think when you have you know i think hoppa and and toby have been doing a great job on philadelphia i think you know new york excelsior with people like jonak like they're they're still running these crazy amazing talented players um and you're seeing a lot of back and forth between teams that i don't think people predicted i think people were like oh well you know shanghai is going to do great philly's got a great roster they're going to do great um and they sort of maybe weren't thinking as critically like i know what what i i don't know everything about apac but i know that i was like oh you know guangzhou and hangzhou are going to be at the bottom but like you know the hangzhou have taken like games off of the top teams and i think there's so much diversity between uh all the teams that make them all slightly more competitive like you're right even valiant you know haven't done great but they're not they're not the worst team in the in the league i would say i would definitely I, I think, argue they weren't yeah. the worst well i mean i think that the it's not that ape i think apex has a higher floor than the rest of the league i do think mm-hmm. i think the la valiant i i would favor them not heavily necessarily, but I would definitely favor them against teams like the Vancouver Titans against the London Spitfire. Uh, I, I, I would maybe, I would maybe give them a chance against you know maybe some of those other like C tier teams, mm-hmm. but I I don't. But I think overall, I think if you pick the best teams, I still would choose the San Francisco Shock. I would still choose the Dallas Fuel, yeah. and then I would choose the like I would choose the Shanghai Dragons. Um, and I do think I do think APAC has the more exciting players at the moment. I think Shy is absolutely incredible yeah. this year. Shy has been granted, really good. I mean, granted, I I will say it's been the past two weeks for Shy, so I, I don't know. Maybe it's just that there's this meta that is going on right now that really helps that really helps him do well. I, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, but overall, I, I do think that the West still has the better teams. They have the higher ceiling, I think, is the better term I would want to use. But yeah. the APAC has the higher floor, which makes it kind of an interesting situation. I totally agree. I, we can get into the West now, I think. I don't know how much more I have to say on the East, just because I'm a little underprepared at the moment, just uh trying to manage all of the all of the responsibilities but i think i think you're right the west has shown that i don't know if i i would say that they have the best understanding of the meta but it's interesting to see that like even though you have full korean teams and like heavily korean teams in the west they still have a very different take on the metas i would say than you see, um, you know, the actual Eastern region, um, you know, for example, like Toronto, <laughs> like Toronto's not running the same thing as, uh, Seoul, but you know, Toronto's actually a full Korean roster too. Um, so I think, I think that's been interesting. I think the most interesting for, thing for me about the Western region, especially, specifically in this tournament, you know, we talked about the fact that last weekend, uh, or not this past weekend, but the weekend before, um, destroyed everybody's pickums because yeah, there was like a bunch of upsets, not even just on the Eastern side, the Western side, my pickums were so bad. I got like everything wrong. <laughs> Nothing I predicted was correct other than maybe Vancouver losing, um, <laughs> which, you know, 
I'm going to predict that every time and get it right uh, as much as it hurts. Um, but yeah, like there, you saw Atlanta doing incredibly well, pulling out, you know, wins that I don't think people expected. Um, you've started to see Toronto looking really strong when a lot of people weren't rating them too high. Paris is like pulling out some crazy feats with, with Naga on Echo. He's probably one of the top Echo players, I would say right now. His, uh, his Echoes look incredibly clean. So I think the West just has like this really, really skilled view of how to play these games and is executing it to a different degree than the East has been. Um, and yeah, I mean, yesterday, yesterday's games were phenomenal. Like I had an amazing time watching, uh, the gladiators were really interesting. Um, I thought that was a, that was a cool prediction. Um, was gladiators yesterday? Yeah. I think so. Anyway, uh, and then obviously the San Francisco uh, versus the Fuel game was like sort of the highlight of the weekend. I, I believe the the Shock Fuel game, the match time was longer than the previous two combined, even though <laughs> uh, another one also ended three uh, one. Yeah. So I do think I, I do think the West are still showing why they are the strongest region in my opinion. Mm -hmm. However, I do think that the I do think the Shanghai Dragons are still very quite good. I'm I'm kind of switching back to the Shanghai Dragons, but I yeah, was quite surprised after getting O2 in the previous weekend, which I think yeah. a lot of people did not expect at all. Um, God, no. I think they came back quite strong. Uh, mm -hmm. I I don't know how well it's going to go for them though. I think it it almost seems like they're a week behind the the western region in regards to how they're using this meta like yeah. the first weekend they were running just very winston diva and then i think they saw the atlanta rain the toronto defiant mm -hmm. going for that orissa diva style and they're like i'm a i'm a i'm a go for this and then yeah but what's going to happen once they're in what happens once they're in japan what you know what happens when they're playing the San Francisco Shock, who have a double shield meta uh, down to, yep. to the T, and then they just get annihilated. I, I I don't think they'll make people say that the Shanghai Dragons are overrated, but I, I think it just, they might not be adapting as quickly. Yeah, I, I definitely see the the lag time in, in those, both the whole region, but generally... Uh, the San or not San Francisco, the Shanghai Dragons. Yeah, they've they've been looking a little slow to sort of figure out the meta. Um, I don't know if they're just taking a little bit of time to get their bearings on things. Maybe it's something that's going on with. Didn't they just have a coach? Or no, they just lost a player. Um, who I left? think it was a mutual decision, though. So I I, I wouldn't look too much. He he was going to be on the bench. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't look too much into that. I think it, it's more of, I do think that there's the issue that because there isn't as many strong teams to scrim against necessarily. I and, and I'm mm -hmm. not I'm not looking too much into scrim box, but I'm looking <laughs> into the fact that yeah, I, I think the fact that the San Francisco Shock can scrim the Dallas Field, they can scrim yeah. the Houston Outlaws. Uh, and then teams, of course, like the Toronto Defiant, like the Boston Uprising, 
teams that aren't necessarily yeah, good Boston. right now, but teams that can be good with that certain meta. And, yeah. and I think that helps. I think that helps the top teams in the West look at certain metas that might be happening and then go, okay, this is how we defeat it instantly. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's where the East lacks. I, I think, I do agree. I think the Fusion, once they get players like Funny Astro back, once they get players, uh, once they get, I, I just personally like Funny Astro a lot. I watch his <laughs> about a bunch. Yeah. Um, I do think that his Lucio would help them a lot. I do mm -hmm. think, I think, and I think his break can also help quite a bit. Um, yeah. And, and so I, I do think the Fusion will be in contention to being the top team. Uh, I don't, I personally still have the Shanghai Dragons personally higher. I had them at, I had them number one in APAC at the start of the season. And mm -hmm. I still, I haven't seen the Fusion inspire me enough just to have them be number one yet. But yeah. I do think that there is a possibility. Yeah, I mean, why don't we, I'll just use this as a transition. So, um, you know, who would you say your top five teams in the league are right now? I know your first overall one, but yeah, overall, I, just like top five. I'd still actually, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give the shock the top spot. I, yeah. I'm quite highly on the top on the shock, but I think <laughs> overall, I still think the Shanghai Dragons are number one. I think the Dallas Fuel, I think they won the main melee off of a very interesting idea of mm -hmm. no hit scan and i think that they were able to transition they i think they used that may symmetra comp well to beat the fuel mm -hmm. and or excuse me the outlaws and the shock <laughs> um yeah they beat themselves uh just protagonist <laughs> anime protagonist confirmed um they are <laughs> I think Fearless is the enemy, enemy protagonist. <laughs> I, I, I truly, I think they won it off the fact that Fearless is quite possibly the best Winston in the game in, in the Overwatch League. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think he's the best main tank overall. I still think I might have to get that to Smurf. Uh, but I do think he is easily the best Winston in the game. I think that the, the I think they utilized a way to just clear through the West and then were able to transition it into a way that would then work well against APAC teams mm -hmm. but I, I don't especially this past weekend I don't know if I would give them the edge against the Shanghai Dragons number two I I, I still have to say the shock I, I still am firmly on I, I'm firmly on the shock train I'm on the smurf and Choi Hobin train <laughs> I, I think double shield I think them running double shield just proved that you can just play a very solid comp and beat the other team if you're better yeah um and and that's not to say there was definitely a lot of close games against the dallas field but i think the deciding factor was just the fact that there is a team synergy that the dallas field still can't really equal to uh and that's with violet and fd god still looking a little shaky um compared to the previous weeks uh but i think fd god has really reined in what his what his issues were i think he i think he's slowly i i think he's definitely more mechanically gifted between than moth when moth left mm -hmm. but moth just had the game sense the game awareness to stay in to stay in certain areas and not go for crazy plays 
And I think FD God is maybe getting coached into being like that while mm -hmm. still being able to utilize just incredible mechanical play. Uh, number three, I would then have to, I, I just, the fuel still, I, I, I'm not highly on the fuel to be the number one spot, but I still think they're easily one of the best teams in the league. I don't think they had a particularly easy schedule to, <laughs> this past weekend. So like, I'm not going to like look too much into what mm -hmm. the record was. Number four, <laughs> Houston Outlaws. I'm not too much, not really too much to say there. I think, I think they're kind of pulling a fuel with how they're running the Junkrat, especially when they have Jake on the Junkrat and, and then maybe have him on the Mercy. <laughs> I, I think it's a little silly, but they're utilizing it to great effect. Um, and then number five, I, if I had to give it, I'd probably still give it to the, probably just to the Spark. I think Shy is just, and it's all because of Shy. I think Shy is just the single best hit scan in the league right now. <laughs> I mean, just incredible play. Uh, and truly winning games purely on his mechanical skill alone. Um, mm -hmm. Which is why I have them at number five in like a power ranking schedule. Yeah. But I don't necessarily know if that translates well to winning a tournament. Uh, but totally. Out of all the teams, I just I, I think they're doing they're doing well still to assist Shy in popping off. And so I think mm -hmm. that's why I'm gonna I'm gonna put I'm gonna put the spark at is spark or charge spark right? Are you charge. talking about Hangzhou or Guangzhou? I, I don't refer to the city names. I'm sorry. I'm so bad at the city names. Okay. Are you I looking think... for the blue and gray team or the pink and white team? The, the pink and white team. That Shy okay, that's for. the spark. Yeah. At, okay, it is the spark. I, I eventually will get it. Uh, I can <laughs> recognize the, the logos. Still can't recognize the city names. Uh, that's fair. I apologize I... to maybe our Chinese listeners one day. Uh, <laughs> maybe. maybe. One maybe day. Maybe one day. But I think, I think those are my top five right now. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I'm not going to, like, differ a ton in teams. I would, I'm would. i going to differ in placements, though. I, I'm i really big on the West right now. Uh, I would even consider myself a Dallas Fuel fan, but, like, I don't think anyone can, like, say that they're not, like, one of the best teams to be watching right now. They're, like, like we said, it's an anime arc <laughs> storyline. It's amazing to watch. Uh, so Dallas is actually going to get my first team. I think their creativity in the May Melee and how they've shown up for um, this season, like, this tournament just showcases not only are they, like, a very gifted and skilled team, I think that they're coaching and I think that they're creativity is what is pushing them over the limits um you know i think it's why soul did really well last season in the playoffs was they were able to sort of take that that meta and adapt to it quicker than other teams and i think that that's actually super important um being able to know where you're weak and still play off of it and you know make some creative plays and do something different when you know that you can't you, you've got something to play around um i think that just showcases like an absolute top level team in my opinion um but so dallas is probably first uh second for me is probably gonna be the outlaws 
Um, I am huge on the Outlaws. I was like a closet Outlaws fan in 2020. I was like, oh, they're not really that good, but like, I really like a lot of what they've got going on. Um, and then this season, I just think that they've fine tuned, and I think the pickups that they've been doing, I think. Someone that, you know, when you talk about the outlaws, a lot of the time you talk about Dante and you talk about Happy and you talk about, obviously, Jake and Juby and Crimson. But I think someone that often gets overlooked that I think has been performing really well is Piggy. I think he's been an awesome um, uh, off-tank as someone who plays off-tank most of the time. I think just watching him has been awesome. I think he's been playing a really good diva, so... I think Piggy's awesome. I'm a huge fan. So Outlaws is probably going to go my second. Um, third for me is probably going to be Philadelphia, actually. Um, I I know that they're not performing to the level that they people expected, but I think that they're still doing incredibly well, and I think that they're only going to get better throughout the season. Um, so Philly is mine. It's not much to say about that. Um, I would say four is the shock because I'm also a big shock fan girl. They're just, they're just killer. Like everything they do. Uh, I think watching them this past weekend, you finally got to see them sort of get into that. They were saying it on the casting of like that killer instinct. They just, something turned them on and they were just like, and now we're going to go sicko mode and we're going to destroy uh the Dallas fuel and I think just that performance really showed that like the shock are in it to win it again and you could tell that they they want it they want that three-peat um and then my fifth one is Shanghai uh because I think you're right and everything you said Shanghai is just I think for just looking at Fleta and Lip alone I think they're probably two of my favorite DPS in the league um, but everything that Shanghai has got going on is impressive and exciting. Um, so that's like my top five. I don't know if this is controversial, any of that's controversial, but that's where like I'm feeling about the top five. I think at the end of the season, I think that's where we could see them. Um, but obviously I think a lot can change, but that's sort of my analysis. Um, who do you think is going to Hawaii slash Japan? For the June tournament. The June tournament. Uh, it's still <laughs> two, right? It's still two, just like the main melee? Two from each region? Yeah. Don't know for, okay, so... I... I personally think... my my In my heart of hearts, I believe the shock will be one of the seeds, <laughs> as usual. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think people gave up on them too quickly. They performed very well uh, prior to the series with the fuel like they went 3-1 yeah and i think the one they lost was just was down to some positional issues some mistakes by fd god and violet mm-hmm. i and then i think people they just haven't been playing they didn't play the first week so i think people were maybe forgetting how good the shock are yeah um, and then if i had to choose i do think the outlaws actually i think that it will be the outlaws if they're not seated into the same bracket oh. um <laughs> which might happen <laughs> um, if, you know, Can I tell you a funny story? Of course, yeah, of course. Um, so I I've been really big on the whole Overwatch League pickums this this year. Uh, I'm taking it seriously as if people take gambling. There's really no money on this table. Like I'm not really like actually good at predicting things, but like I check that thing. Like I check 
horse races. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, I put in my predictions for who I thought were going to go to the May Melee before they had announced the seating. And I was like, San Francisco Outlaws, 100% top teams for the May Melee. Uh, like, just because Dallas looks good, like, I'm pretty sure that, like, Houston will keep him out. Uh, and then I, and I put it in, you couldn't change it after that. And then I saw the fact that the San Francisco and the Outlaws were in the same seat. And I was like, so, like, at the end of the day, one of the team, like, one of the teams that I predicted. So I'm gonna get, a, like, very little points on this. Uh, and then Dallas just came through and ripped all of that. And I was like, well, rip all of my predictions. I also got, I thought Philly was going to go to the May Melee and Philly got booned at the, at the knockouts. Like my knockout predictions were rough. So hopefully that doesn't happen again this season. I think, I think that there's a good, or this, go ahead. Right. Sorry. No, no. I think that there's a, um, I think there's definitely a chance that, that that might you know that we might be bamboozled again with the ratings mm-hmm. uh, but I, I think that there is still i still think that there's a very clear census of the top teams in the region i still mm-hmm. i don't i i think there's too many teams to guess exactly who's gonna go um i personally think that the shock just have that winner's mentality i i, I don't I, I still I still have to agree with you. Uh, you know, obviously we talk outside the podcast. I don't know if they'll necessarily three peat, but I I think that they are still a top team and I, I still think I think a lot of people almost I, I don't wanna say jumped off the bandwagon, but I think a lot of people went a little too weak on them too quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. so I think that's why I think it will be the fuel outlaw. Or the Shock Outlaw, excuse me. Um, Shock and then Fuel Outlaw for the second spot. Uh, I think just depending on the seeding into the tournament. Mm-hmm. I, do you know that the out, the Fuel are now, I think they're 3-1 for the, I don't know, for oh, the, the June tournament. Uh, <laughs> eventually we'll call it the June Joust. Uh, perhaps at the end. Journeyman's um, better. Journeyman is just, it's so much more fun. <laughs> I for APAC I I Shanghai Dragons, obviously. Uh I, I don't think there's any other team that like even compares to them right now, at least in my opinion. I, I know that I know that you're you've been propping up the fusion, but I don't until I think they get the EU players there, I mm-hmm. I, I think there's still a chance that we we might get a Chengdu Hunters situation. Uh, we might get, I mean, we might get the, the spark that might just come out, um, full throttle. And I mean, who, who knows? Maybe, maybe the NYXL somehow just find their footing like the Dallas <laughs> Fuel did. Um, I mean, the Dallas Fuel were 2-2 and then they just swept yeah. everyone. Uh, and so I don't think the NYXL will, will have that happen to them. I, I don't think they've been too strong, but, you know, maybe the power of Jonek will, will come back again. <laughs> uh and so i i i think right now it's i would probably say shanghai and Chengdu again um that's just my personal look of watching the games they just shanghai just looked very dominant this past weekend even if they're even if they're only 2-2 uh 
Uh, I still think they'll qualify. Uh, mm -hmm. And I, I just, I don't think there's anyone that will beat the Shanghai Dragons. Um, in the in the East, at least. Hey, that rhymed. Um, <laughs> casual, casual rhyming uh, at the God Awful Gaming Podcast. Uh, <laughs> and, and I just, I don't, I'm just not really too hyped on the Fusion right now. They, they did recently lose, they, they lost very close series. And so I just, I have to give it to probably Chengdu right now. So I'd say Shanghai, Chengdu for the East, and Shock, Outlaws, Fuel for the West. Yeah. That's a good, those are good ones. I, I probably will agree on the West. I think, I think Shock just based on seating and like, I think... What are they playing this next week? Uh, I wanted to look. Yeah, Shock's playing Titans and the Justice in this upcoming week. Um, easy. Yeah, easy. Like I think they're they're set to go. They've what lost two, so they'll be six. No, it's, I think two? that the the is based purely on the first, on the June June uh, qualifiers. I think the overall is for the main turn is for the playoffs. I think if they go four oh. zero, they they would be top for the June tournament, but then they would be six. I thought it overall. was different, but I, I, I will we'll have to clarify. We'll have yeah, to clarify it another day. Oh my god, it it is all so confusing. I hate like I like the tournament structure, but also I'm like mm -hmm. it's hard to follow a little bit. Um, but yeah, I probably agree. I think if I was gonna pick a wild card, I think that uh, Toronto and the Outlaws. Are they going to be the ones that go to the main main land? That's my, like, wild card. But realistically, I, I also say Shock. Um, uh, shock Outlaws. Hopefully they don't get seated again in the same thing, or else I will be incredibly disappointed. I really want to see the Outlaws in Hawaii. Uh, <laughs> that's that's my hope. Um, but I think, again, my East predict my East predictions are all over the place because I, I don't watch it enough, and so I don't know. Uh, but just going off of what's happened recently, um, I would probably actually say um, that, that it's going to be uh, the Spark and the New York Excelsior. That's my hot take of the day. I think that the fact that... I, I, I'm sorry, but I just have to shout wrong. Um, <laughs> please keep, keep going. Well, I think that New York pulled it out against Philly um, and then managed to completely boon themselves <laughs> against the Guangzhou charge. Um, I think they got 3-0'd or 3-1'd. Like, uh, NYXL has been all over the place. But I think they actually are, I think they have the potential to stabilize. Um, and the Spark 3-0'd Shanghai uh, last, or two weeks ago. Um, and so I think if you were going to pick a team that was, you know, depending on seating and all of that, I think, you know, it's not impossible. Uh, I think yours is probably more realistic. Um, uh, but I like to pull out hot takes and make up things based on, you know, the fact that I'm not very good at this game, nor at analyzing esports, 
And I've decided to launch this podcast with you, or we decided to launch this podcast where I get to act like I know what I'm talking about. So that's that's what I'm going to bring to this this podcast is this energy of I'm going to act like I know what I'm talking about. I don't really, <laughs> but I think but it's, it's really very, fun. It's a, it is a very hot take currently. It is it is definitely it is a hot take. hot take. I mean, so is predicting you, Toronto to go to Hawaii. Like yeah, you, might, you might be burning the stake there a little bit at the current, making a little... Uh, little well done that's fine that's fine <laughs> i mean how my pickums are going this or this this tournament like it doesn't really matter i'm not winning that statue this season or this tournament i'm mm-hmm. going for the next one so course, you know <laughs> that, that's what i've got to hope on uh any final thoughts or before we conclude here i i think the shock are the best team ever so <laughs> i i still believe in the power of, of the shock uh overall I, I i think shanghai i think shanghai might win this overall uh but that will depend on how well they can adapt their meta to what the west is bringing um yeah since last last tournament i think dallas went to the the apac meta instead of the other way around and i think it will be more of a western meta focus on this tournament but so we'll see yeah i think especially if you don't have uh, we haven't even talked about Florida this whole, this whole podcast, um, but you know you Ooh. had Florida, <laughs> exactly. I mean they didn't play this weekend, did they? did they? I don't remember. My brain is off the wire. I think you had Dallas and you had Florida, who were mm-hmm. playing very interesting sort of adaptations of everything during the May melee, and then you had the East region, which was like way more consistent and way more sort of prepared um in that tournament i think it's the opposite this time around whereas i think the meta has defined itself pretty easily into the west and i think the east are still figuring things out so i think that's where we're gonna see a lot of flux and you know when we come back in a (laughs) for our episode where we get to talk about who's going to hawaii and japan and the (laughs) the spark and nyxl uh are going to japan uh you know i get to rub it in everybody's faces (laughs) um (laughs) i know uh but with that being said uh we're gonna wrap it up here uh this is our first episode of god awful gaming we're the worst talk about the best uh i've been your uh your one of your hosts sabine uh i've got zach over here hello um and we're we're gonna wrap this up zach where can people find you outside of the podcast yeah you can uh follow me at the zohan ttv uh at basically every social media place uh twitch youtube twitter not instagram currently but perhaps there will be uh, and Zachariah is my personal Twitter, but I don't really post there. So, yeah. Yeah. And you can find me at uh, the underscore bean 113 uh, on Twitch and Twitter and TikTok. That's where actually I post oh, more TikTok on TikTok. Is, is the thing that we should, have, we should have, huh? Yeah. TikTok is where I, I do most of my thing. I can't social media. Like, mm-hmm. I can, I, I attempt to do Twitter, but like, I, I mainly, I like making TikToks. I've learned how to edit videos, so that's been my thing lately. Uh, but you can follow us there. Uh, this podcast is going to be released wherever we figure out how to release it in the next, eventually, uh, eventually at some point. Uh, but we've been uh, God Awful Gaming, and thank you so much for tuning in. Cut. End. End. <laughs> <laughs>